This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575am or online at oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I'm on the air every second Tuesday at 4pm. Kia ora and welcome back to Operation Rakatahi for our 80th episode. So it is just me today but I do want to make, make talk that it's episode 80 which to be completely honest, I did not expect we'd be at episode 80 um, way back in 2018 when me and Esther started off this show and to where it's moved to now. Like, I couldn't be prouder of where it's got to, but we're just keeping on moving on and hope everyone's doing okay in the level red setting. We're calling it level red or a, a traffic light red, whatever. But I hope everyone's doing okay and, you know, COVID keeps mucking up all of our lives and, you know, supposed to have a job interview uh, yesterday, but, you know, things happen. They now can't employ another employee, well, under red settings, so now I'm back looking for more jobs, but, you know, we part-time jobs to fill my time. You know, life and COVID and what it all does, so really sick of it, but I'm glad that there is public health measures in order to stop the spread of it. And I know you guys don't want to keep going on about COVID, so we're going to be moving on because everybody's talking about it, but I couldn't, it would be irresponsible of me with my platform not to talk about it. And like, yeah, so, mm, so welcome back to 2022. This is our first episode recorded in 2022. We are third episode second episode second episode in 2022 and the show like it's been a, quite a nice break actually now the theme of today's show did stem out from my break um but it's just been it was actually quite a relaxing time had a good summer like you know moving on moving on and the world's like that and plans for 2022 I'm reading my notes and they're making not any sense. Sorry, Dad. Um, plans for 2022. Um, this year, we're just going to move on with the show. Keep going on with it. We'll have new topics to talk about every fortnight. And, yeah. So, it's not going anywhere. And enjoy the ride. So, in episode 80, sounds like a big number, but... That is not going to be the final, and it won't be the final for quite a wee ways off. So, let's see where it heads us, uh, which direction this heads us in, and enjoy. Right. This week, um, I'm going to be talking about two different topics, but I'm going to start off with, in this half of the song break, talking about the fear of femininity, or the fear of being femme. Now... Or femphobia, as people like to refer to it. But the reason why I want to talk about this is because it's everywhere. Whether people know it or not. And it's all in the microaggressions. 
And uh, how do I explain? So I was working in a shoe shop over the summer. And as you do working in retail, you come across lots of different things and people of all different walks of life especially over the christmas period you've got so many people everyone's high stress but one thing i noticed was i was stuck in this position where you overhear things but they're also not okay but you can't interject because you're working in retail and you can't say anything right if anyone who's worked in retail knows the customer is always right and that's Sounds harsh if you're not from retail, but that's the rhetoric. And even in customer-facing hospitality or reception work, you'll come across that too. The customer is always right. So, or you need to be respectful for them. Now, it was very hard for me. You know, I'm a very outspoken person. There was a moment. Well, it is easy for me. I can put on a straight face and absolutely fine. Worded that poorly. But, I came across this thing where you guys hear me every other week I talk a lot and I'm very opinionated and if something matters to me I'm gonna say something but in the circumstances I was in I couldn't but there was a scenario where this customer came in and um, their son wanted to try on a pair of shoes and they were quite bright colors and there was just a quick retort about how I'm not going to say their names or anything. I don't know their names, but I'm not going to describe them either. But he pretty much turned to me and went, oh, no, that's that's a bit gay. And that's not okay. And then the mother walks in and says, oh, I like those. Do you want those to her son? And, he was, and then the dad was like, no, he can't have them. They're too, they're too feminine. And she was like, oh, okay. And then, like, it's all in those microaggressions, and I don't see what the problem is with the shoes were. They were bright yellow, and they were Lego-branded slides. Like, you know, it was for a kid, so the kid would have been five. And so it was just some moment, and it's not the first time I've come across these things, but it was one of these moments that I can either walk away from because I was in the shop, but I also couldn't say anything. And it was really remarkable and you hear it all the time and it's the sort of rhetoric that happens everywhere that and there's a real fear of femininity and there's an overlap with this femphobia it's got a massive overlap and it comes with stereotypical notions of what being queer is and those saying comparing something to be a bit feminine or saying something's a bit gay or a bit they're they're probably some of the entry level microaggressions but they're still microaggressions but and actually you do hear harsher slurs being thrown out there as adjectives in these sorts of situations now the problem is it actually made me really angry to say the very least and I couldn't say anything either because I was in a retail capacity and it was just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I just went, well, oh, I really want to talk about this and rant about this on the radio. And it's a big deal. And I was talking to lots of people I know and they've experienced the same thing. So it's not like I'm seeing things. And also 
my friends who are also queer notice it a lot more so than um, my straight friends. Yes, they notice it in terms of the sexist elements of it, but you're also more likely, like, because there's also another element that you don't see if you're not in that world, or you're not looking for it, or you're always, there's also the element of people always wanting to assume the best of people, or they're just walking away and they don't want to listen, because actually that's fair enough too, you don't really want to engage with those people, and so like, but there's a real element, and it's not just the fear of femininity, there's a whole societal construct that and it overlaps with everything. It's just bigotry, to be completely honest. And that's probably not fair. It may sound like a big blanket statement that disregards the entire discourse around this. But whether you're he, she, or them, it doesn't matter. Femininity is not a problem, but society makes it sound like one. And especially the men of this world make it a problem. And that may sound very arbitrary statements, but more often than not, it is. And everyone should know by now, we shouldn't have to clarify it's not all. Just letting you know, it's not all, but a large majority of them. And it's also disregarding the problem if you do say it's not all men or whatever group you're talking about who... Are contributing to a problem more often than not it's men not gonna lie um, we live in such a sexist world that serves the patriarchy you're probably sick of me going on about the patriarchy but it's a problem and these are multifaceted aspects of society today that no one can shut the fuck up, shut up, shut up about it. And sorry, a bit of a swear word there, but moving on. <laughs> the world is so. I need to regather myself. I got very passionate there, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, and the problem is, feminism hasn't gone far enough. And I would identify as a feminist. You do not have to be a woman to be a feminist. And lots of men can't get their head around that. And I'm sorry, but you can. And because the whole rhetoric around feminism is the equality of all genders. That is the baseline principle. And it doesn't matter whether you're he, she, or them, or any other pronoun in, under the sun. It doesn't matter. The whole rhetoric around feminism is everyone is equal. It doesn't matter whether you're cisgendered or transgendered. It doesn't matter if you're non-binary. Doesn't matter. Like everyone is equal. And people paint it like it's just for women. That is not the case. And I am sure I'm probably preaching to the choir because I'm not gonna lie. I probably have quite a centre-left audience. Um, punk rock centre left audience to be completely fair uh, I probably turned away lots of the very conservative bigoted people for, uh, as audience but you know but I'm probably preaching to the choir and saying this but it's still important that we're having these discussions with people you agree with and disagree with because it's such a widespread issue and 
I have a platform here that I can talk about these issues because there are lots of people out there that I'm taking that you don't I'm going to say the people on who are talking about social and political issues because there's people with entertainment platforms that I'm not talking about but people with socio-political platforms that don't use there's lots of them out there that don't use it for creating proper discourse that is actually equal and all-encompassing and to all the other people who have platforms like this good on you keep going um went sideways a bit there but there is a real problem and the problem also with this theory of femininity and its overlap with queerness is and more specifically within the queer umbrella gayness with gay men let's take that first because it's a big umbrella the fear of femininity is used as a slur against people who typically present more queer and more specifically more gay and a there shouldn't be a problem with presenting femme and not all gay people present gay men present as feminine or present effeminately and the fact that you're like because the problem with it is is it a boxes people in it stereotypes people and it's derogatory and it makes people assume that either being feminine and or gay is inferior which is not the case at all and that is the problem and i am not gonna lie probably been a part of the problem myself in the past but because i'm sure as a young person i probably said lots of things that i would be frowned upon now but being femme does not make you less of a man and being femme does not necessarily mean someone is gay it doesn't necessarily mean men are gay that man is gay and the problem all of this is a problem the world places value especially on men that masculinity is prioritized over and there is this whole talk around you have to be a man which is not the case because when they're saying you have to be a man it's not just being someone who is a man in the world is a very specific type of man that isn't very inclusive and and also on the flip side of that also a woman who presents femininely does not make her more than because a woman who acts stereotypically masculinely and there's a problem there before we move into that masculine and femininity should not be in discourse in discussion we are just people but we live in a society that camps people together and we place value on gender and value on 
the check boxes that associate with them and they are not straightforward lines it is a blurred line it is a spectrum it is not one or the other it is a spectrum but to go back to my point women who present more masculinely are not viewed as less than either but there is also within men a people who are scared of femininity in general whether they're like and it's especially men there are there, i am sure that there are women and non-binary people who are scared of women too or femininity but that's besides the point but more often than not it is men and we shouldn't have this value on it and I think we should also embrace it because it doesn't fucking matter it doesn't matter and sorry um, it doesn't matter because whether you present more masculine or femininity it doesn't matter doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight or bi presenting one or the other or it doesn't matter whether you're man woman or non-binary doesn't matter because it's a spectrum like i keep going on about and feeding into these notions about femininity and masculinity and being feared of them or derogatory against them feeds into the patriarchy that we're that needs to be broken down now the world continues to serve the patriarchy so long as we fit these stereotypes well or we feed into them and place value on them because it doesn't matter what can you do to counteract this um pretty much don't place value on the cheek boxes and the stereotypes associated with specific genders or actions of that are typically associated with specific genders and there shouldn't be a fear of femininity and there shouldn't be value placed on masculinity and women who present more masculinely should not be frowned upon because they're not fitting the norm and that's in quotation marks and i hate that term it's the world is so messed up in a way that it's not inclusive even when you're trying to be inclusive yes we live in probably a very privileged place to embrace the fem or um, and break down these patriarchal norms but at the same time yes we live in a liberal country that is more inclusive than lots of other parts in the world we still have these bigoted ideas that create divisions between people and i could list umbrella terms and descriptors under the sun that people are used to put people in boxes whether they're derogatory or descriptive or both <laughs> um because it doesn't matter who or how you present it doesn't matter because we are all people 
and we're all of the same species. And even if we weren't all from the same species, dogs and all their different breeds can live in equal harmony. So why can't we? Actually, I don't know that to be certain. I don't speak dog, but I can read, I can understand what my dog thinks. Sorry, that's going sideways. But I'm going to end on a quote. Oh, but first, monitor microaggressions and call people out when they say or do derogatory things that put people in boxes, whatever those boxes are. Yeah, and monitor your own microaggressions too, because you could be part of the problem without realising it. Now I'm going to end with a quote. Whether you're he, she or them, don't be scared to embrace the femme. Bimini Bomboulash. So, we'll be right back after the song break. Forget about you long enough to forget who 
It's like I'm paralyzed by it. I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it after plaid shirt days and nights when you made me your own. Now you mail back my things and I walk home alone. But you keep my old scarf from that very first week, 'cause it reminds you.
Kia ora and welcome back to Operation Rakatahi with just Leo today. So in the first half of the break I talked about the fear of the femme um, and we talked about the whole societal issues around that and it's a big wider problem. But for the second half of the show I'm going to go more local and I'm going to be talking about Dunedin's landfill problem and it's not just located to Green Island anymore. We've got a huge issue on our hands here. <laughs> so, landfill, right. Dunedin has a massive landfill problem, like I suggested earlier, because our current landfill located out at Green Island is nearing the end of its life. And landfills are only designed to last 50 odd years and I think I don't and so it's nearing the end of their life and the Dunedin City Council and the Otago Regional Council are looking at different options and a new location for a new landfill right in the Dunedin City boundary. Now they've already asked for feedback already and it closed back in November and they still haven't as of seven days ago they still haven't made a decision and nothing has come out in those seven days around Dunedin's landfill and no decision has been made yet but this is an issue that made me go if I knew about this sooner I would have made a submission because I I make submissions about everything, but I genuinely didn't know that they were planning on moving it. I knew that there were problems with the current landfill, and we'll get into those. Um, but this is probably my way of getting my piece out there because it makes me angry, and I'm not I'm not just angry about the plan and what they're going through. I'm also angry at myself for not putting in a submission. But, you know, Indonesia is my hometown and I'm proud of it. And, like, you know, I don't like it when people shit on it, people crap on it literally and figuratively. And our councils, they could very well in this plan crap on it, like they've already done, as I'll get into. But before we talk about the new location, the current landfill has got problems because it's not big enough and it's filling up and they're going to need new space for it because there's just no room for all the rubbish that's coming in in the next five ten years so they need to move on from it so there's room but not much and the problem is what makes me really angry is they took okay the the Kaikarai Estuary is out by the coast, out towards Waldronville, Waldronville, which is on the coast from, it's over the hill from Mosheo, essentially out by the coast, down past Green Island. And the Kaikarai Stream runs near, that feeds into this estuary that feeds into the Waldronville Beach, Waldronville Beach is the Kaikarai Stream, and that runs up from our northern, um, up from our Kaikarai suburbs, and it runs down Kaikarai Valley, and it 
goes in down into Green Island past the landfill and through into that estuary. And the Kaikoura estuary is the most polluted estuary, lake, river, body of water in the South Island. And it's one of the most polluted in the entire country. Um, and that is by and part A, because it's an urban river, and then it flows into the estuary. It's an urban river that flows into it, but it also runs through a blimmin' landfill. Now, if you take that, and what's the problems that they've done over the last 40-odd years that the current landfill has been there, is they've decided, in the current plan that was proposed last year, they took feedback that closed in November states that the DCC is proposing a new landfill at Smooth Hill, 28 kilometres southwest of the city near Brighton. And it is to replace the current landfill at Green Island, which is nearing the end of its life. The problem with Smooth Hill and choosing that as a location is that there is another river that runs near that landfill that flows into the township of Brighton and onto the beach. The Otokia Creek, which runs over the hill and through Brighton, it's the one you'll see when you drive through Brighton next to the dairy and the boat hire and it flows into the ocean, that creek. It runs very close to it, just as close as the Kaikorai stream runs near the current one. Now, this makes me furious, not just because, not just because it's ill-informed to place it near a creek when you've already bugged up the ecosystem of one of our local estuaries and in the south and made it one of the most polluted bodies of waters in the South Island to go ahead and just go slightly further out of the city and pollute another body of water. And this time there is dire consequences where well there was dire consequences. Just this just last year the I'm using this as an example. What could happen at Brighton? The Kaikoura stream, uh, in the Kaikoura estuary, hundreds of dead fish just floating there, and they have no idea where it had come from. And they are still assessing what it might be. Now, and lots of the investigations are looking into the Green Island landfill, and it wouldn't be surprised if that would be a part of it and nothing has come out since and so they haven't quite worked it out and if they have come out with other stuff I haven't seen it it's not public information or widespread public information because I haven't been able to find it in my few days of research and um, The problem is, they've already made one of the most polluted 
landfills, and I'm not blaming this current council for that, because it was councils 40, 50 years ago that built that landfill. They've also gone ahead and repeating the same mistakes. They did not learn from their predecessors' mistakes, and they're rebuilding one. <laughs> In another location that could affect police water. The problem is, the council actually knows this before it went to public recommendation last year. They are quoted in saying, with, uh, under their um, consent application, they noted the environmental implications. And they wrote, quote unquote, that the environmental impact would be minor or no more than minor. Well, isn't that just shoving the dust under the carpet, whatever the saying is. You're shoving everything under the rug, Dineen City Council, and the fact that you've noted that, you could also build a landfill that isn't anywhere near a body of water. Because I know we're, landfills are not the perfect solution, and we haven't found a better, New Zealand hasn't committed to another or found another alternative that works and this new landfill is supposed to last 55 years up to 55 years which isn't really looking that long term you could probably be looking into research that could find other things to do but i'm able to settle on the fact that it might be the best alternative because we haven't got a better alternative than landfills but i know what's better than building it near a body of water not building it near a body of water because We've already got one polluted body of water. You're making another one. This is not okay. And I'm actually livid about this. And not just at the council, and myself too, like I mentioned before. Sorry, I'm repeating myself. Get like that when I'm passionate. <laughs> and the problem is... This doesn't feed into an estuary, the Okatia stream, like the Kaikorai stream does. It flows pretty much directly into the ocean. There is a man-made um, catchment that it is a recreational area. So you also stuffed up a major wildlife reserve that was a big part of Dunedin's bird and marine life ecosystem 40 50 years ago and it is now over at the kaikarai estuary and now you're gonna do it to another ecological marvel it's also somewhere where people swim so and there's all this talk about cleaning up our dirty rivers from our cows and stuff no one's talking about preventing infectious well councils and governments aren't talking about how they can choose not to pollute more rivers because they're choosing to build landfills next to some that is the problem that is the problem we're looking at this is all this rhetoric about cleaning up our the dairy from our river well, the moving the cows away from the rivers and trying to clean up the rivers from that also going 
to do this and build blooming landfills next to bodies of water that also pollutes water, which I don't know, might be a bit harder to clean up. And I know quite a lot of people that don't actually recycle. So the landfill does get filled and we've talked about what happens when plastic um, recycling bins get infected with other stuff, it goes straight to the landfill. So if you're going to pollute this waterway, that's also that's also going to be rubbish flooding out to the ocean. Now, there were, and the yes, it could be minor, and that's still not good enough. Yes, it might not be floods and floods and floods of milk bottles floating out to sea. I'm not saying that that's going to be the reality. It's just going to be a slow ecological degradement of that area. And it will probably make Brighton Beach unswimmable if it's infected to the extent that the Kaikoro estuary is. Because they do not recommend you go swimming in that. It is an area of water that you do not swim in. The fact that they're going to do this at a, one of Dunedin's most popular beaches. And doing it to an ecological um, part of Dunedin. And ruining another body of water. I just want to say shame. Because that's a complete shambles to go about it that way. And honestly, I could talk all about the specs and the plans about what this landfill is going to do. It's going to hold 5 million tonnes of waste, which is a large number and it could last for 55 years but actually that doesn't matter the problem at hand is they're polluting another waterway and not learning from previous council's mistakes now i am hoping that there is enough submissions because there has been quite a bit of outcry about this that i hadn't heard about till recently it was actually faye that brought it to my attention all this information so thank you faye <laughs> Um, and seeing as the submissions closed on November the 15th last year, who knows what's going to come of this and whether they're still going to go ahead with it because it's not okay. Like, like build a landfill somewhere else, please, Dunedin City Council, because this is not okay. What you are doing is actually ruining our ecological marvels that we have in the Dunedin area. One is already polluted enough. The leaf is already polluted enough. Ooh, wouldn't want to go swimming in that. Well, I know people do, but I've seen what people do in the leaf. I'm a student. I've been in that area. I'll say no more. Um, <laughs> and I could list more polluted waterways in our area because we can't have this. We have one of the most beautiful area cities in New Zealand and doing something like this is going to tarnish it. And especially in a place that In a place that is so sought after like Brighton, that would be a travesty for that community. Because 
it's almost a wee little village outside of Dunedin. And if their waterways were polluted, that would be a travesty to them, like I said before. Now, public submissions have closed. It's almost a watch the space sort of thing. And if we don't like the outcome, it's time for protest, I guess. So, I will definitely update you as new stuff emerges, emerges if I can find it. And I'm someone who's interested in politics, and I didn't know anything about this. So, until, like, a couple of weeks ago. And submissions are already closed. So, uh, I don't know. It might not have been, the, it might have been that I wasn't looking too hard, but it's probably on me. But I'm angry at myself that I didn't put a submission in, because I definitely would have. But, that's our show for today. Now, I hope this was informative, both parts of our show, talking about the fear of the femme and Dunedin's landfill problem. And, like, yeah. So, and I hope everyone's 2022 have gone off to a good start. Hope I wasn't too let's say, abrasive about my opinions, but actually I'm passionate about it. These opinions have been bottling up for almost almost a couple of months now that we've been on a break because we've pre-recorded shows for weeks and a half in, in, lieu, in, in lieu for preparation for the ho holiday, back, holiday gap we were on in summer. But today I did record this at home, so I'm still kind of on holiday. I'm doing this because there's this construction work happening at the Dunedin Community House, which, if you don't know, that's where the radio station is located. Um, so there's repairs going on there, but we're recording from home at the moment, and it's like being in lockdown again. But it's kind of serendipitous timing, I guess. Like we go to read stations back up and running online doing recordings from home so it almost feels like we're back in lockdown we're at the highest restriction settings in our current parameters and we're recording from home but it was unrelated and i don't know whether it could go ahead at read i'd have to ask the people at the station there <laughs> but side note it does feel like we're in lockdown again so you know even though we're not it's just in terms of how I'm managing radio, it feels like I'm in lockdown again, and I think, yeah, I also think that it was quite relaxing having a good lockdown, but it's also meant that I have built up a whole catalogue worth of stuff I want to talk about, and I've got stuff for coming weeks to talk about on the radio that has fueled more passion, not that there was, wasn't any before, more passionate for the more passion for the coming weeks and shows down the track so make sure you keep tuned we're still going to be here every second wednesday at 4 30 you'll know otherwise if we're not on this time slot because we have changed around a couple of times before but that happens once in a blue moon sort of thing but we'll see what happens and just make sure you look out for people in your communities and 
stick up for what you believe in and don't be scared to embrace the fame because it doesn't matter gender is a spectrum and don't let our council pollute our waterways so that's all i have for today so as I include in every single episode, make sure you contact 1737 for support from a trained counsellor. Um, what else? Um, contact 1737. Oh, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram. It's been a long time. Sorry, it took me a while to remember all the things I had to say. Um, um, it's normally second nature. I don't know what's happening. Um, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram at operation.rangatahi. Or is that underscore? Ah, one or the other. Um, and just give us a follow so you can follow all the updates that come along. And flick us an email at operation.rangatahi at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show as a guest or you have any particular issues you want spoken about on the air just give us an email we don't bite it'll be me answering but you know you, you know my voice and you may know my face if you know me or you've seen the website but yeah and make sure you download the usone app from google play or the apple app store to listen to the exclusive podcast and you could always, and if you're watching from your computer, listening from your computer, you can go to um, the ORFM website, which is oar.org.nz, and you can just search us up or go to the Ustone tab and you'll find us. So, you know, kakiti ano, bye, see you in two weeks' time. We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575 AM, or online at oar.org.nz. Or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I'm on the air every second Tuesday at 4 pm. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.